0: Hello, welcome and dobro došli to Feel Slovenia, the podcast. In each episode, we will explore what I have called the world's best country, meeting locals, traveling, eating, and getting to know the very best of Slovenia. This podcast is written and hosted by me, Dr. Noah Charny, and is brought to you by the Slovenian Tourist Board. Na That's Cheers in Slovenian, and it's an apt opening for this episode, which is all about Slovenian wine. I'm such a fan, I even wrote a book on it. Let's take a look at Slovenia's wine traditions and hear from some experts about what they recommend drinking when you're in the terroir. St. Martin's Day, Maktinovanya in Slovene, is celebrated every November 11th as a religious holiday dedicated to the saint who cut his cloak in half to share with a shivering beggar but in Slovenia and Croatia, it is more closely and enthusiastically associated with a more secular tradition, wine. This is the day when the mosht, or grape must, becomes drinkable, turning from a quote, sinful new wine into a true wine. This transformation is sometimes made through the blessing of an actual priest, or it may be a mock blessing performed by a local dressed as a priest. A specific culinary tradition accompanies this wine-themed holiday. Around Slovenia, plates are served featuring roast goose, mlinci, which are a sort of unleavened cracker, and red cabbage. So if this is Slovenia's wine day, what do we know of Slovenian wines? Well, we can begin with considering their origins in four distinct terroir. Situated in the southeast of Slovenia, Posavje is known for its gentle rolling hills and a variety of white wines, including the local specialty Svičuk a light, low-alcohol blend of red and white grapes. This is also the specialty of Dolinska, which offers an array of white wines, including the aromatic and, well, let's be honest, unique Sviček, which is popular among locals and which is very much an acquired taste, but which should certainly be tasted by the open-minded tourist as it plays a popular role in Slovenian culture. Located in the northeastern part of Slovenia, the Podrauja region is famous for its high quality white wines, particularly Riesling and Sauvignon Blanc. The Starska region within Podravje is known for its beautiful vineyard landscapes. Farther flung, you can find Jerusalem, a stunningly beautiful part of Slovenia reminiscent of Tuscany, all rolling hills and award winning vineyards. Finally, there is Primorska, the name of which translates as by the sea, located along the stunning Adriatic coastline. Primorska is Slovenia's most renowned wine region. It includes the sub-regions of Goriska Brda, Vipava Valley, and the Karst. Goriska Brda, often referred to as, quote, Slovenian Tuscany, is celebrated for its crisp white wines and robust reds, while Vipava Valley is known for its aromatic whites, like the indigenous Pinella and Zelen grapes. The Karst region is famous for its indigenous Tehran red wine, also called Refoshk. I'm personally partial to Gorishka Berta, having written a whole book about it and its famous indigenous white grape, Rebula. You may have heard of orange wines. They turn orange through extended skin contact with grapes during the maceration process, and they were well marketed as a distinctive wine type. Rebula has been marketed as the gold wine and was the most popular wine among Habsburg aristocracy, as well as in Yugoslavia. It was Tito's favorite, and he spent more on Rebula than any other wine. My book is called Gold Wine, and it also tells the story of wine in Yugoslavia and Slovenia, which really comes down to one pioneer who kicked things off, Zvonimir Simčić. Zvonimir Simčić, Miro to his friends, is considered the godfather of Rebula, an ancient grape indigenous to the borderlands between Italy and Slovenia, the heart of which is his native Gorishka Berta. Miro championed this hyper-local variety at a time when it was not the done thing. His peers and the authorities wanted to rip out the Ribula vines and plant international varieties of the sort that sold well abroad, for which there was constant demand, Merlot, Cabernet, Chardonnay. But Miro held fast to his principles to the benefits of locality, decades before the concept of zero-kilometer consumption or locovores had been established. He believed in the indigenous, historically relevant grape of his homeland, a grape so storied that it was mentioned by the leading writer on agriculture of ancient Rome, Lucius Junius Moderatus Columella. Rebula was the favorite white variety among aristocrats in the region during the Middle Ages and valued at the highest rate among wines under the 18th century reign of Empress Maria Theresa. We know this because in 1751 she introduced a new taxation system which taxed Rebula higher than any wine, red or white, throughout the Habsburg dominion. Rebula nevertheless fell into limited use in the first half of the 20th century. It was Miro who focused on bringing it back to the fore recognizing in it a rare white that has the complexity of a red and can be treated in an array of variations. It is thanks to Miro that Berta was chosen as the location of what was Yugoslavia's biggest winery, Tlet Berta, which he ran for decades. He was Yugoslavia's go-to wine expert, and he used his influence to help develop his home, the impoverished cluster of gorgeous villages known as Gorishka Berta, into an internationally renowned and well-off terroir. To put it another way, in Yugoslav monopoly, first square you land on, the cheapest, was Gorishka Burda. It would now be among the most expensive, thanks to the wine-focused revolution sparked by Miro, which put Gorishka Burda on the culture map and brought wealth to the once down-and-out region. Miro was a pioneer of a sparkling incarnation of Rebula in the 1960s, establishing Rebula as a serious, award-winning wine on the international map paving the way for a handful of leading producers in the region on either side of the Slovenian-Italian border who continue to wow the critics with Rebula wines. Rebula has received an extraordinary 100 points out of 100 from the Italian Gazetto del Vino, and if I'm going to vote for a Slovenian wine for you to taste while visiting, this would be the one. I'm also partial to other indigenous grape varietals, Pinella, Zelen, and Teran. I recently attended one of the annual Rebula Masterclasses held in the elegant Renaissance Palace Villa Vipoje in Gorishka Berda. Every year, the Berda winemakers invite international experts, influencers, and press to come discuss and sample Rebula. While there, I spoke with a number of the celebrity guests. The guest of honor at this year's Rebula Masterclass was Caroline Gilby, a British wine expert who writes for the famous Decanter magazine. She also very kindly penned the foreword to my gold wine book. Caroline, it's so nice to see you again at the Rebula Masterclass in Berta. And today we're tasting Rebula wines and we're focusing on this terroir. But I'm curious, as an internationally renowned wine expert, what do you like about Slovenian wines in general and which besides Rebula do you think are particularly interesting?
1: Yeah, well, I love Slovenia as a wine country. I mean, it's beautiful um, just about every region, the vineyards are on hills. It's full of passionate people who want to tell their story through their wines. Um, I love this region. I love the Vipava Valley. Um, I'm a huge fan of um, chipon Fomint, um in Starska, Slovenia. Um, I think Modra Frankinia actually has a has a bright future because it's a style of wine that suits modern zeitgeist in terms of, you know, wines, red wines that are driven by their freshness. So
0: lots of potential in lots of corners of Slovenia. Do you remember your first time coming to Slovenia and tasting wine? When was that and what was the event?
1: Yes, well, that was 2002. um, Before Slovenia had even joined the EU, I came over on a press trip Um, Actually, it was an individual press trip, which was rather nice. So I started over in Stajska and worked my way across the country to um, buy a Maribor and then eventually ended up in Bud. So um, I was suitably impressed and kept coming back.
0: (laughs) That's lovely. Well, we're very lucky to have you. Do you remember off the top of your head, what was the highest scoring Slovenian wine that you tasted? Oh,
1: good question. Do you mean in terms of my own school? Your own score. Well, I'm <laughs> interested in your own sport. <laughs> I don't care <laughs> about <laughs> anybody else. <laughs> oh gosh, there'll be several that you know I'm a, um we had a particularly glorious year at DeCanter a couple of years ago where things like um Eddie Sintroyana scored really well. Mm. Um and I think um Clep you know, there at De Baguere, Mm -hmm. um, Bagheri, has always done really well. And A-plus did really well this year. Um, You know, so, you know, personally, I've also scored very highly things like Azetic Chardonnay and... Marian Simchit Chardonnay and so there are quite a lot of wines that I've scored quite highly. It, sa- it sounds I mean, like
0: you keep yeah. you keep busy. I'm very mm-hmm. curious. When you're at home, not mm-hmm. at work, mm-hmm. are you drinking wine or are you switching to beer?
1: <laughs> no, I still drink wine.
0: Okay. Yeah, I still
1: drink wine. I mean occasionally a beer to refresh the palate after a long day at work, but um,
0: Yes. Well, thank you so much for all the work you've mm-hmm. done. A lot of what you've written has really helped support interest in Slovenia and its wines abroad, and it's, again, a pleasure to mm-hmm. get to see you again, and thank you again for kindly writing a foreword to that book of mine. That's
1: my pleasure, and it's always great to be back in Slovenia.
0: Alex Simčić runs Eddie Simčić Winery. Hang on, I have tasting notes from the masterclass. Of the Eddie Simčić Rebula. I wrote in my notebook, quote, buttered toast nose, butter on toast to taste, butter on my nose, so rich I can't stop drinking it. I think that's a sign that I liked it. So Alex, thanks so much for taking some time to speak with us. Tell me a little bit about the event that you've helped organize, where we are today. Uh, thanks for the invitation. Um, so Burda, uh,
2: Masterclass uh, Burda Rebula uh, was born in an event In Belgium, we were having the uh, premiere of the movie, Terra Magica, which was uh, the movie, uh, a documentary film about Berda, Mm -hmm. uh, Berda Collier. And we were there with most of the nowadays uh, producers. And going back, being sitting in a bus, going to the airport, (laughs) there was the idea, why we would not do this in Berda? So to invite the people there, to invite the... The journalists here, about the uh, friends and uh, the people from the wine industry here, and that's how we then started. And uh, uh, I think Berda Homo is is becoming uh, one of the most important event, wine events in Slovenia. Of course, also for Kolio, it's not just uh, just Berda, of course, because every every uh, uh, edition is having always the presence of the Kolio. The and we were usually uh, bringing in the the Slovenian uh, nationalities because lots of them stayed on the other side mm. of the border uh, after second world war. So the criteria was somehow to bring the ones with the origin, Slovenian origin. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I think helping, uh, a lot more and more. We don't have uh, exact numbers, but uh, what, what I know and what I feel with our colleagues, Ribula, is, uh, selling better and better also in the export export markets and uh, hoping uh, on a longer distance and longer term that uh, maybe Slovenia will organize such a masterclass also on a national basis hmm. not just
0: doing uh, uh, a local thing, which is uh, more important than the, the national one. Yeah. So you're one of the special winemakers in Gorishka Burda. I'm curious what's so special about this terroir that makes it so good, particularly for white wines. I think that uh, also reds are, are more and more interesting,
2: uh, helped with a bit of climate change and understanding of the locations and uh, better technology, of course. But uh, the special thing is that we are we are unique because we we our wines are not northern character, are not too southern. So we are clearly Mediterranean, but wines still have lots of vibe, lots of uh, energy, tension, structure. Uh, it's all the wines are produced from uh, lower yielding. Uh, most of the vineyards are on the slopes. So it's an, um, real, uh, an area which, which can really uh, uh, show the full expression of the, of the soil, of the climate. Very interesting longevity of the ones. In the afternoon, we will have a session with comparison mm-hmm. how the Rebulas are aging mm-hmm. as well, but also the others. So also Sauvignon Blancs can age 10, 15, 20 years Chardonnay. So that's, that's something when you do the proper job, this area is really Allowing you somehow no limitation on that, yeah, but keeping the character, you know, because lots of time now we we'll do some comparison or discussion also with other international varieties, yeah, where to put Chardonnay from Burda, where to put Sauvignon Blanc from Burda. Yeah. It's Burda Chardonnay, yeah, it cannot be anything else. Yeah. Now, with more knowledge, with more uh, experience with the winemakers and all that, it's clearly said, yeah, you put it somewhere in the tasting, it's
0: Burda. And thank goodness that it's Berta, because it's absolutely a wonderful experience to drink. And I loved your wine when I did the masterclass tasting. Yours was one of my favorite, too. And I have extra special notes with enthusiastic adjectives in it. So thank you so much for your wine and for spending some time with us. You're welcome, always. Come to Burda. Among Slovenia's Michelin-starred chefs and household-named celebrities, we can count Tomáš Kaučič. His top restaurant, Grad Zemeno, is a Michelin favorite, and he also runs Krukh in Vino, Bread and Wine, a bistro at Villa Vipoge, where he is catering the Rebula Masterclass. He is known for playful twists. For instance, midway through lunch, he appeared with waiters carrying fishing rods, from which hung chunks of smoked trout, one for each guest to grab. I began by asking him what he likes about Rebula, and what he recommends as a wine pairing. Uh,
2: okay, Rebula...
0: Look, Rebula has a lot of advantages over other wines, freshness and likability. It's something we're always looking for. The pleasure when you drink a glass of wine should call you to drink another glass. We could talk about wine for two or three hours, but if the first glass doesn't invite you to have a second, then it's no good. Rebula always invites a second glass. It has a freshness and minerality that echoes the soil, the terroir of Burda. I'd say that it's got an eternal quality to it. It's always been with us, and with us it will always remain. I'm a big, big fan. What about when you cook with wine, when wine is an ingredient? Good question. Let me give you an example. We have a sauce, a reduction. We begin with 9 liters and reduce it until we have 1.5 to 2 liters. We reduce over the course of 3 days. We researched which wine would reduce best. Believe me when I say we must have tried 10 different wines, and we ended up with only the good one. Wine is integral to cooking and has to have the right structure. It depends what you're looking for when cooking. It's so important with cooking, too. Heaven forbid that you follow the stereotype of using bad wine for cooking. You've got to cook with a specific good wine. I choose wine for cooking with a focus on which varietal I'll use. Don't use bad wine for cooking. Today we're here to celebrate Rebula, but I'm interested in which other indigenous wines you'd recommend. Certainly, each region has their own indigenous varietals. Rebula is at home in Burda and Vipava Valley. Vipava is also home to Pinella, Zelen, Pokalza, and some lesser-known varietals that are very interesting. I really like to support our indigenous ingredients because indigenous produce tells the story of the territory. Close your eyes and you'll know where you are. That's what I like about your food. You take us on a journey. Domaj, thank you for speaking with us, for your cookbooks and for your food. The same to you. Thank you and congratulations on your book. Maya Pečaric is the 2023 Vinska Kralica, or Queen of Wine. It's effectively an ambassadorial role. She gives talks, attends events, and otherwise tries to highlight Slovenian wines, both at home and abroad, and you really have to know your stuff to be crowned queen. Maya, this is very exciting. You're the first queen of wine I've ever spoken to. Can you tell me about your role as Vinska Kralica, queen of wine? How did you get this title and what does your work
3: entail? I needed to go to the contest uh, where you need to show uh, how good you, you are capable of promoting wine, mm-hmm. of Slovenian wine and Slovenian uh, as a small boutique wine country. Uh, you needed to know um, a lot about uh, laws and uh, agriculture and uh, Ponton, or how do mm, you say? Etiquette. Yeah, yes, and uh, speaking in another language and so on. So it's not just about wine, it's a, a whole package. <laughs>
0: So tell me about wine in Bela Kraina. Are there any specific wines that are unique to that region or any grapes that I should be sure to try if I were to travel there?
3: Yeah, Bela Krajina is known for pretty much uh, red uh, wines like uh, Modra Frankinja, which is a Slovenian ath- authentical variety. Then uh, Modra jametoka, it's also authentical variety and it's also the oldest wine in the whole world.
0: Really? I haven't <laughs> heard that. That's not one I'd even heard yeah,
3: of. It, yeah, but it's not in Bela Krajina. it's in Maribor.
0: Okay. Uh-huh. Oh that's the that's the grape varietal that has the oldest yeah. grape wine in the world. Ah, yeah. okay.
3: Mudra Mudra Kawachina or naturnina.
0: And what kind of wine do you like to make?
3: I love to try and make making uh red wines, but I also like to try uh, to taste uh white and rosé and orange wines, everything. But uh, my heart is uh, around red wines. <laughs> Maybe because I grew up around like these red varieties, uh, like Mudra Franquinha. You can find really like elegant, uh, really elegant wines. I like these tannins, this taste.
0: And do you have your own um, vineyard or wine label that you produce yourself?
3: Yeah, my family has a vineyard in Villa under the name. Uh, 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 this is in Bela Krajina, And then me and my boyfriend are in Podravje, <laughs> um, under the name Esfina.
0: Esfina. Okay, we'll have to keep an eye out for that. Thank you so much for spending some time with us and enjoy your, your reign as Queen of Wine. <laughs> have a really good day. Thank you. Thank you. If you're listening to this while abroad, see if you can find a Slovenian wine at your local restaurant or wine shop. If you're in Slovenia, then be sure to ask for the wine list at the next restaurant you go to. If in doubt, order something unique to Slovenia, one of its wines from an indigenous grape. White, red, orange, or gold, Slovenia's wines are award-winning, world-class, and each glass tells the story of its homeland. Vala and thank you for listening to Feel Slovenia the Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the Slovenian Tourist Board and was written and presented by Dr. Noah Charney. Please subscribe to get each new episode and tell all of your friends interested in travel and all things Slovenia. If you'd like to learn more, visit slovenia.info. For more information, you're welcome to follow our social media channels. Feel Slovenia on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, LinkedIn, YouTube, and TripAdvisor.